Hi everyone, welcome to Integrated Rhythm. First off, this is part two of two of our second block party. This party we are honored to have with us MC and instructor Michelle Stokes, MC and instructor Laurel Ryan, both of which do the amazing music for our podcast, by the way. We also have incredible swing dance researcher and history lover Lewis Orchard and 1972 Harvest Moon Ball champion and Mama Lou Parks dancer Crystal Johnson. It was, as you will see, a blast. Second of all, Chisomo and I would love to hear your questions. Got a question? Send it, or an audio recording of it, or a video recording of it, to intrhythm at gmail.com. That's intrhythm at gmail.com. If you have to look up how to spell rhythm, it's okay. I'm right there with you. That's intrhythm at gmail.com. We will occasionally do an episode where we answer those questions. Also, let us know if you prefer to remain anonymous. Okay, that's everything. Now on to part two of a block party. Integrated Rhythm with Chisomo and Bobby. All right, question number two. Mm-hmm. When we come back together as a scene after the quarantine, it's not just important that the swing scene simply be a space that is welcoming to black people, but that it be more of a black space. To you, what are some of the things that make a black space? Can I ask you something? Sure. What is a black space? What is a black space? Like, when I seen that question, I'm like, I'm bracking my brain out. I'm like, a black space? What the heck is a black space? (laughs) This is making me feel good because my answer was going to be, I don't know. I've got no idea. I'm a white person in the UK. I don't have a lot of black friends because I live in a very white area and there's lots of prejudice around. And I would have to ask somebody because I need to know. Someone needs to tell me. But as it turns out, there's two of us. That's (laughs) right. How are we defining a black space? Perfectly valid. Perfectly valid question. That's like... um... Excuse me if I say this. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, uh, uh, I'm speechless right now. I'm trying to a uh, black space. Yeah, there I, is no black so, space. So a I, space for everybody. A black space. Ladies, help me out here, and gentlemen. Uh, because uh, I, uh, oh, I, I was actually going to ask a, a, another question along with that. Is that could we? ask the question and respond to what is a white space? Like, are yeah. there- the thing is, yes. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. So right. the way that I was going to, because I think it's easy to define a white space because we see them more often that it's a place where uh, it's mo- mostly or all white people uh, quiet. <laughs> it's a quiet thing, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a space where, um, there is a like it's your skin color like being a white person is entirely accepted it's most of it's most of the world at the moment so um for me i think the term black space is kind of it's a newer one Mm, because i think there's this recognition that they uh they're harder to come by Mm. they're uh they tend to be more organic because it's a gathering of black people 
who are just comfortable being themselves and find that they, uh, you know, the issues that they come across in the rest of the world, just being black, don't exist in this space. Uh, so mm. acceptance, there's safety. Um, and it's not as though like people don't get to disagree with each other or, you know, mm. like yeah. pe- people going to people, but um, it's a, it's a place of like s- safety and acceptance are the two big things that come to mind for me. So as far as like creating a black space, I think it mm. is, that's a much more difficult uh, answer mm-hmm. because it tends to be organic. Am I wrong? I mean, I kind yeah, of yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah. See, I kind of agree with you on that. I think that question's difficult because, oh mm. boy, a white space and a black space—that's just a difficult question. I, I think what I like also about what you said is I think most people just want safety and they want to feel welcomed and at home, right? If you're choosing a community, whatever that community is, you want to feel like you're part of it and that we all have equal stake in what's going on in that community, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want a space that has safety in it, fun, and that we all have equal stake in what's happening in the community, not people taking up space. All right, I like that. Yes. Like not people there, just mm-hmm. there and not giving back. I yep. know like a lot of people that like to be about a community, depending on what, uh-huh. but do not nothing about it. Yeah, do nothing about yeah. it. Maybe they'll even complain about it. Much, exactly. Volunteer, don't help. So I want a, just a space of fun, safety, feeling <laughs> like we're all connected and that we are all equal stakes in what happens, positive or negative, and be able to kind of take care of one another. That's what I try to find in a community. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I, I, would, good. I would agree. I think that the heart of the question is uh, a question of inclusion. And then mm-hmm. also inclusion when it comes to things that came from black cultural um, value. And so if we are acknowledging the true roots of Lindy Hop, if we're acknowledging the true roots of jazz music, there should be an ongoing recognition and celebration of blackness itself, because that's where these things came from, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that there's something to be said about about that, the, the inclusion of the original voices and, and making sure that we're not um, excluding those voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think when we think about inclusion overall, um, and I think that that's what what y'all are talking about so far is um, asking the question, is everybody, so um, Dafina Lazarus Stewart is a professor at Bowling Green State University and has has a list of questions that are really great to think about for organizations. Like who's in the room, who wants to be in the room and can't get in, who's who's at risk of erasure, et cetera. Um, Thinking about who can gain access to this thing people who feel, like you said, safe um, and, can, and are able to experience all things and, and still persist in the dance. Like, I think we're going to have to think critically about that. But um, when I think about a black space specifically, I think about a place where, like you said, 
if we're thinking about specifically black people, black people are welcome and want to go. And I don't think that swing dancing has always been that. Um, and so, and then by extension, I think whenever we intentionally think about including a group that has historically been disenfranchised, mm-hmm. that we start to open the door for inclusion for everybody. Because if we think about it, our space is also incredibly heterosexual. <coughs> it's incredibly like the what is central in swing dancing is whiteness and like um, male uh, heteronormativity. And so um, we want to make sure that we are opening the doors for everybody and allowing mm-hmm. everyone to exist in the full spectrum of their humanity. Yes, good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really fascinating hearing your response to that question because. Um, I mean, I'm really familiar with definitely not black spaces because I don't want to be in them either. You know, one of the experiences I have as a white person is that people will express their racism to me thinking that I'll agree with them. Uh And I don't want to be with people like that. Uh Um, I don't, I have tolerance for people with terrible views because people develop those and I want them to change them. But I don't want to spend my social life um, being in an unsafe space with with that view. And what I also think is fascinating hearing your response is that, um, yeah, what, what is a black space? And I, I don't know because I'm a, a white person, but yeah, it's interesting that, you, that, uh, that black space is, is not being understood necessarily because maybe what you're so, f- you, you know, you have a familiarity with the space you want to be in. So when someone actually asks you, it's quite hard to define it because it's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's what's familiar to you. Mm-hmm. But white people definitely don't understand what that is. And of course, if it's familiar to, to, to you, why would you? I, I think white people might think that a black space would be put some black things around and decorate it, and <laughs> you know, put a put a big sign on the door going "black space over here," like it's, it's a commodity. <laughs> but what you've actually said is that. You know, safety, and as and yeah. as, as, as Shisomo said, safety is like a is white people presume safety, which is why white people will be racist to me because they don't feel right. like safe telling me racist stuff. But but there are plenty of groups of which black um, people are one who don't feel safe in spaces, and mm-hmm. and yeah, asking the question is fascinating to hear that that you're having you're actually as you were talking earlier about being given a voice. It is a, that is. I mean, your your responses are amazing to me because I'm so prejudiced. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I think what Laurel was saying too about it happens organically. I know yeah. this is going to sound so cheesy or millennial or whatever this, these terminologies are, but it's like a vibe, right? Like you feel comfortable. Like I feel comfortable with Laurel, right? But then if we got together with Yosomo, I feel comfortable with her and that's the space we're in. And then it's like, if Bobby came, I feel comfortable with Bobby because we all are on kind of the same page about what we want each other to feel like and what we want to make other people feel like. Feel like, yes. Yeah, and so I think when you say a black space or a white space, if I'm going to talk in those terms, I feel like when I am in a completely white space under certain uh, parameters, Mm -hmm. it feels Mm -hmm. like I am highlighted yet also hidden. So I'm seen physically, 
because I'm completely different than everybody in the space, but I'm bored because I'm not like everybody in the space. And with a black space, I'm doing air quotations, with a black space, it's more like everybody can kind of get together and feel together. You feel needed. You feel feel wanted, feel seen, seen. Now, there's also... That's very true. This kind of if we really were to talk about it, talk about it and get to like the next level, even in spaces where people feel safe because they all look the same, sometimes doesn't offer safety. Like I know that I've had conversations with other blacks. Blacks. <laughs> I know I say that because it's funny to me, but it's not funny when you say it that way. I've had other conversations with people who are minorities, right? Or who are black or African-American, however you view it or want to say it, that don't feel completely fullness in their blackness around certain kinds of black people. That's like, true. Where they want where they want to control the narrative of what being black is. And mm-hmm. like I'm not black enough because I don't do these things that are prescribed to black mm-hmm. people. Or like Laurel's not black enough because she does mama. She has a white mom. Like just certain things like that is just like that's even a higher level conversation to have. But I think what people, humanity ultimately wants is inclusion and safety and not to feel seen, but also not heard. And I'm going to cut it. I, I got to go teach the children's how to, how to Charleston. But I'll say when I, when I say organically, uh, there's, there is um, like a base assumption that everybody has something of a shared experience. So that's, uh, when we talk about making Lindy Hop more of a safe space, the black party sign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like right now, as the international Lindy Hop scene is pretty much a white space. So that doesn't, if we were wanting to make it a, a as a community, as a complete and whole and diverse community, if we're wanting to make it less of a white space and more of a space for everybody, more of a black space, then there is work that has to be done. And uh, people who need their voices to be heard, just like as Crystal was saying earlier, people who, if they, uh, you know, like take the opportunity to speak up when they haven't felt comfortable before, like, And then the people who are listening to them, uh, acknowledging, even if they feel uh, eh, targeted by the complaints that are being raised because they've unwittingly been part of it, being able to just acknowledge that, like, the person speaking up, like, their experience is real, even if they don't know how to say the thing that they're saying. like. yeah just coming from this this place of compassion and empathy rather than defensiveness which seems That's, to be yeah i don't mean i don't mean to cut you off but what you when you said about the lindy hop uh, world like um we at the end of the day we are all working for the same thing so i feel that they like it's not yours and it's not mine. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. needs to, like, as big as it is, because I have a story about that international thing, but as big as it is, and it ain't been around that long, 
that's another thing. I understand that it was, uh, I'm going to keep it real. Our kids did not want to learn that. They're in this frame of mind where they're hip-hop. Okay. If you find the kids that really want to learn the Lindy in the black community, we take it over. I, I'm going to keep it real. Because the, 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 group, the kids that I grew up with was all into that. And that's why we can speak about it now. And I'm not knocking the hip-hop because I have a nephew that's a hip-hop star. He's bad. And I'm going to get him to come to New York when, when he comes to New York all the time. And bring him down, Bobby, to show us some hip-hop moves. Excellent. Okay. But um, I have a thing about, I'm, I'm, I'm angry about this now. Okay. We got the American Lindy Hop Championship. We got the International Lindy Hop Championship. Then you have those other big contests. Everybody should work together. You, you always got somebody bashing this one, bashing that one. So how do you expect to get along with it? How, did, how can we make it right and stop bashing one contest or bashing this one or because we're all working for the same thing. That's what, that really is my mind boggled. That really bothers me because there's some fabulous dancers out there. Okay. And no one is better than the other one in certain things. Okay. Yeah. If you're a bad champion, you bad. I'm going to give you your props, but it's just that I just, in my heart, I just wish everybody would just work together. They, that's not happening. This one puts on this show. This one puts on this show. The smart thing to do is, from my perspective, from what I see, if I'm giving this, this big national contest or international contest, I would want the other big national contest to support us. So when they turn come around, we support you. That's the way it's supposed to work, but it's not like that. It's like, oh, mine's is better than yours. Or, oh, well, and that brings on the anger in me. You understand what I'm saying? Because we all work together. We, like I said, it's in every country. Yeah. Okay. And everybody picks what they want to go to. But I'm saying... Don't, pay, don't bash this contest because of that contest. If you can support the other contest, okay, even if you don't like who's giving it, you got your dance friends that's in it. You got your teacher friends that's in it. That's what I'm saying. We have to support each other, regardless of who the heck is giving it. We need to support each other. Oh, the international's giving theirs tonight. Man, that place, we all going down to support. The American Lindy Hop Championship, the other, you know, like all the other Lindy Hop Championship, Harlem Swings, all of that stuff. Now, I might be going off, I'm sorry, but that's yeah. just, because that's where I see it actually working. Yeah. When and you I, support each other, it yeah. works for the good. 
what yeah. what don't they understand it is i yeah i it, it, I, ang it angers me because i mean the dancers are everybody uh they people can they can dance and when and and, and it's funny when a person finds out that this person doesn't like that particular category, I mean, not category, uh, contest, you start to make other people, you know how some people to tell you something about somebody and you don't even know them, and then when you meet them, it ain't nothing like they said? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you really, people really need to look into the goal of what's going on. Yeah. The goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The goal. You are here to introduce this. You are here to to share it. So don't be stingy with it. Yeah. Can I say something to that? I'm so sorry. I oh, it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to say something about power, but Michelle, I know you've been trying to say something for a hot minute. So but go I, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. I was going off of you, Crystal. Honestly, Chisomo, I think we might have the same thing. I think the reason why people don't support other people and competitions don't support other competitions and events don't support other events in like the bigger mainstream community is because I think it's a scarcity mindset, right? We... We, okay, for example, when me and Laurel coming up, and Laurel's back. <laughs> she doesn't have to teach the children's today. Hey, hey. getting in the car. <laughs> They're like, we don't need you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, so when we were like, when we wanted to throw on a certain event here in Tulsa, like we were like, ooh, what if we did something like this? What if we did something like this? Uh, we were immediately discouraged because we're, the mindset was, who would come to Tulsa in comparison to Texas or in comparison to Kansas? Like, who's going to come here? Who's giving up this event for your event, right? And so just even in that small example, yeah. I think that's – it's a scarcity mindset, and I think it's power. It's the two. Scarcity mindset is going to be like we there's not enough dollars, there's not enough people in the scene to come support us. So we have to make our event the biggest event on this side of town because we need the people to support us in that way. And we're going to try to, I don't know, bash or try to get people into our thing. And then I also think it's a power move where people don't want to give up power. They don't want to give up resources in order for things to be successful in that way. Because there's a scarcity of clout. There's a scarcity of clout. Like, people have been saying, I guess, for years in the community that, like, so many air quotes, <laughs> that certain teachers or certain people who want to be teachers don't feel like they have the resources to come up because the same teachers are, like, occupying the space, which is fine. Not a big deal, I guess. But, like, it's harder on the people underneath them because they can't ever rise to the occasion and it's and again, that's scarcity mindset too. Like, if we give these people a chance, this cuts into my uh, profit or my revenue for the year, which is a real thing. But if we commodify everything, that's what's going to be in people's minds. That's right. If you know how to work it out and work together, everybody can get fed. Exactly. Because you don't own nobody. Mm -hmm. No. You don't own nobody. And people can choose to where they want to dance. So that's where it comes in, where the people talking who's in the head of these things, oh, don't go to that con. That puts them, you know, that's not fair. That's not yeah. fair to the contestant. And it's not fair to the organization on both sides. Because one organization is bashing another organization. Yeah. 
then it's like, well, I'm not going to go to that. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to go to that. And then you wonder why. But why they not? In, what? Why? Are you serious? Stupid. Stupid stuff. Actually, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's, it, also it doesn't. So it's also a failure to recognize that this dance is an art. And, it, and, it, and these people doing this kind of thing are just thinking it's a thing. It's this one thing, and they know what that thing is. And it isn't. It, it's like you're saying. It's like it's a, it's a group love. People have come to it in a different way. Some people want to go to big competition-y things. Some people want to go yes. to social dance. Exactly. Some people want to do both. Some exactly. people want to go to a small event. You know, some people want to dance in this way. Some people prefer that. Some people want to do aerials. And all those things can be catered for. But if you are so restricted in your, in your commercial event mind that you think that this dance is this prescribed thing and that all you can do is compete with everybody to do this, to the same thing better, rather than, as we were talking yeah. about diversity, attract all the people who want to experience an amazing thing in different ways, you know, art. You don't. You don't go to art. You don't go. Oh, only Picasso is good. Leonardo, yes. Leonardo da Vinci is rubbish. You know, he's a bit old-fashioned. He didn't. He's he's out of date. You don't. You accept that an art. If it's an art form, it's got different manifestations. Yes. And if you want more dance. Like you were saying, if you want to get more dancers, you don't. It's not. You don't. As you say, you don't own a pool of dancers who all know how to do it and sort of share them round. You, 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 you broaden your church by attracting all the people that will find all, all the, the access in yes. different, different ways. You yes. can have four events going on at the same time. You know, that's what you get with nightclubs. You don't get, you don't get to a nightclub area of a, of a big resort and find one nightclub. You find mm -hmm. sort of 20 and everybody Thank goes you. to different ones and they yes. go to one, one night and another and the other night. And support yeah. each other. Yeah. And from what I understand yes. of swing, when it was first, one of the amazing things about swing, when it was first a big thing, well, these young people were having an amazing time. They were going there, they were going there, they were going three mm -hmm. places in one night. They're, they're supporting one place a week. I mean, it's an amazing spread. Yes. Yeah. Right yeah. over. <laughs> I, I, I once heard that, um, like, exclusion, oppression, racism is counterproductive because you are excluding people who could be joining in on what you're doing. And then you have more people, like you said, more things to go around. There really isn't scarcity. So it, it is actually to our advantage to be inclusive and make, mm -hmm. spaces, make spaces safe. And so um, I, I wanted to say two things. So, um, so I 100% agree with you, Michelle, about scarcity mindset and power. I was actually going to say, the thing I was going to say about power was to think about it across the board, right? Mm -hmm. So um, this podcast is, is dedicated to elevating voices that are otherwise underrepresented in the scene, particularly vo black voices, mm -hmm. um, it, because we believe that by virtue of elevating underrepresented perspectives, we open the door for more stories and a greater understanding of our collective reality, right? Mm -hmm. So there are many people listening to us thinking, as allies, thinking about how they can um, move forward, things that they can do. And I think oftentimes allies, and allies are people who have power in particular spaces, so allies could be any color, 
depending on who's the majority, right? Allies um, are the people who have the power in the situation. Allies, I think, often want to do something and make assumptions about what the right thing is to do without actually listening. And so yes. I, I appreciate this discussion because I think it's important for people, particularly white, white allies, who are trying to figure out how do we attack this racism thing? How do we manage this? I really think the first answer is to listen and to listen earnestly and also to recognize that you don't know and you may never know the answer and you need to allow somebody else to tell you the answer. Yes. Michelle, as you were talking about safety, like how is it that we came to have safety in our relationship, right? There's established trust that took place over some time. And so I think we cannot diminish that. And I think in the scene, those with power need to recognize that they have power. And one of the things I've seen amongst us, and you kind of alluded to this, is even black people have power. I have power. And if mm. I don't recognize my power, then I am harmful. I am harmful to those around me. And mm -hmm. so I think that there are people who think that they're disempowered, but they're actually wielding their power to hurt other people as well. So I Ooh, that's good. some thoughts that I wanted to throw out related to That's to good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Can we just all get along together? <laughs> For Why real? Can we be friends? Why can we be friends? No we more. Otherwise, I'll have to pay for it. Friends. Oh, we're not. We're not. We're not. What song was that? I made up one. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Okay. So we might actually be in the perfect place to pivot to our last question. Okay. Um, but I, I, I actually think that that was a nice little intro because, you know, when you're, um, you might get like an app preview and then it's like, now you got to pay for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, here's, here's the good. In order to enjoy the Calm app, you need to pay $69.95 or whatever. Whoa! Right? <laughs> I'm no I longer calm. Like, no longer calm. No longer calm. I was expecting that. So the question is, what do you wish there was an app for? Hmm. An application. What do you wish that you could have an app with? Yeah. A thumbs down app. Sorry? A what? I missed that. Or what? A, a, a thumbs down app that would do what? Just. <laughs> I think you probably get that already. <laughs> just whatever you want. Just. I've got a free one with no no charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, just whatever it is, just thumbs down. <laughs> Kind of like, me, you know. me and Crystal had a similar app, though. I was like, <laughs> I want a buzzer app. I'm oh. like, yeah, but I'm sure. Whereas so, when somebody says something off-putting, or they look at you weird, or they doing something they're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. hey, that's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it can be called buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And any, like it programs words that it just listens, like you know, like your Amazon home device listens, and it just and whenever it hears a problematic word, it just goes. Yeah. Bang. But See, now you done gave wait, Why don't well, Bobby done gave her his his million dollar <laughs> idea? 
That buzzword. Now you know somebody gonna grab that and give me a year. Somebody gonna have some buzzword. I mean, <laughs> what? They need to so, be, okay. It's it was here first. Copyright today. We don't got the paperwork, but we'll get it. Crystal Johnson and Michelle Stokes are earning trademark pending. Hey, 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 yeah, we got it out there now, so don't try it, nobody. Bobby White and the crew. <laughs> so in my in my social circle, we actually do this already, but we use the we use the sound of I think in the in the US it's Family Feuds. Is that the one where they do like they poll a hundred people and it's like you have to guess what they are, and if you get it wrong, it goes eh, eh. yeah, yeah, but yeah. So in the UK, you might, in the middle of a conversation, someone might say something, you go, eh, eh. Oh, wow, so, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so you can add that to your app. Oh, <laughs> it wow. Could be, it could be the international variants. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You also need that, like, uh, you know, if the, the subscription version has the awkward pause uh, so oh it just, like, yeah! It, it listens for like a certain. If it's like more than X number of milliseconds, then it plays like wop 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 So in the UK, you just go tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> tumbleweed. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like I mean, to use that. Is a thing people do. I like that's to use the rattlesnake sound. Good. Oh, is that your rattlesnake? Yeah, it's a rattlesnake. <laughs> Just saying, Rococo. Yeah, it sounds like a rattlesnake. Mm. You, you ain't got to worry about me. I'm running. <laughs> so, is it, so is this app like automatic? You just put it on and then you just go back to your daily life and it's just feeding noise in yeah. to like what you yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, I'm so totally getting this. You're at the big board meeting. You're presenting your whole presentation. You're yeah. like, this is why we're going to say. <laughs> $2.2 billion in a year. They're like, but what about some insert racist comment here? And then, bang! <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on. Um, or somebody comes, rocks up to you and, is, and says, can I touch your hair? <laughs> My son's dating a black. <laughs> do, I, do I get a discount because I don't need that feature? <laughs> <laughs> the features are, pe- are a la carte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. <laughs> With a, my phone. Oh, yeah, the British, you just have to program some different stuff for the British one. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying it's, to think. It would be culturally responsive, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, you can, when need, you travel uh, to a new country, you can download the, the country's yeah. version to like... I need one for when I, go, when I go to the States and people ask me about the royal family, I need a kind of a, the sound of eye rolling. Because right. <laughs> I have got no... <laughs> Everybody wants to ask me about the, the royal family. Hey, it's Louis, like, what's the queen like? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Long, exasperated sigh. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah, I can work. I can work on this. So, so we need to have another team meeting in a week or two and bring more ideas. And then we just need to get. I got a UI UX man already on. Yeah. Yeah. The payroll. Let's go. Oh, this is so. Uh, it's it's going to be like the new filter. Yeah. And Michelle's a, fa- is a graphic designer, so you got that. 
right? <laughs> Lewis, you, you will lend all of your everything. You, you will dress up for the occasion? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll think about it. I mean, I, I, can, get, I can get us corporate high wine shirts done. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that was a no. <laughs> oh. Well, I've, so I've been thinking about my my app would be, this is specific for people with ADHD. <laughs> uh, it would be the prioritization app. So you would just like put in your to-do list and it would be able to tell you what to do first. Mm. And maybe, you know, you upgrade and it gives you a time estimate so you know exactly how long it's going to take you. A realistic like, timer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Instead of, instead of you being like, yeah, this will take me five minutes and three hours later, you're just like doing whatever. Mm. Uh, oh, man. I, and that, you know, like there's there's – uh, you know, there's there's apps in your phone where you like put in the the meals that you've eaten today, and you're like, I bet that was like 1,200 calories, and then it's like, oh no, that was like 2,400 because you know, like it just is like it knows the calories. You could right. totally put in like it knows how long it takes to like write that email, or like it it knows how long yeah. it takes to do the dishes. You think it's going to be five minutes? It's actually going to be 15 or something like that. Like, like the yeah. average amount Brilliant. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this could be an app. The the prioritization app. I mean, like. The thing about the app that I would need is because uh, my priorities tend to fall like interest first and then uh, like value, social value second. Like who. And then life maintenance third. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's like. And, and it would also help with like, do I respond to this text now or can I do this later? And if it's like, you should do it now. And I'm like, well, I'll do it in five minutes. Then in five minutes, like respond to your text. Um, instead of just being like, I'm pretty sure I texted that person. Oh man. And what if you gave it access to all your other stuff? So like, it will not let you check Facebook. It will not let you check Instagram. It will not let you do all that until oh. you like check off your list or something like that. Yeah, that's good. All right, so we've decided we need this team meeting, like Lewis said, but also for this app. So yeah. we need to sit down, have a whole production yeah. about it's a, it's it. Although, although we need the app, that app first to work out <laughs> which of the ideas we discuss first because it's going to be most proficient. It'll be most relevant. That is <laughs> Especially when you add my app idea in because then we're going to have a lot of competing ideas and we need to, like, prioritize. <laughs> uh, what's, what's the app, Lewis? Uh, well, I actually had a very serious idea, but I'm going to ditch that one. Uh, the one I'm just thinking of right now is that I um, I have got this thing where I really, you know, I really like TV, uh, but a thing that drives me a bit nuts about TV is you start watching like quite a good series, and you're watching and it's really great, and then they keep stretching it out into lots of seasons, and then it starts getting worse and worse and worse, and then the end is rubbish. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes they're really good, and the end's brilliant. So what I've developed as a personal tactic is I don't watch any of these kind of, you know what they, you know, it's going to be that kind of series. So I don't watch it. I let everyone else watch it. And then when they've watched the final one, if the, the general consensus is it's really good, then I will invest in watching the, it from the beginning on a box set. Mm. So, I, so it'd be quite handy to have an app that could assess the original bit 
tell me, predict how, how it, if it's going to end as a good series or a rubbish one. Or, or like I watched um, uh, Battlestar Galactica, which, which I thought was good, but the middle I could have missed out. Mm-hmm. So it could give you some previewing information so that mm-hmm. I can actually watch it with everyone else from the beginning and, and do all the water cooler stuff and enjoy it as a contemporary program. Because there's some things I'm watching from like six years ago. Right. That oh. people have just watched the last one. They told me it's good. So I've just started. And I just feel a little bit left out of the community. Wouldn't it be, that'd be fantastic like if your Netflix or your Hulu had like an essentials button that you could push? And you're like, I like this show, so I'm probably going to watch the whole thing. Or if you're like, I'm kind of into this show, I'll just click the essentials, and then it just shows you the, like, this episode, oh, this episode's only 13 minutes worth of stuff I need to see. So I'll just watch that 13 minutes, and then mm-hmm. on to the next one, that kind of stuff. Oh, no, I'm happy to invest in all, I'm, I'm happy to invest in, in years' worth of something, but I don't want to get, I don't want to invest six years in an incredibly long, increasingly engaged thing, and then the last oh. season is a load of rubbish. Well, I like the idea of Lost, but the, the apparently Lost was a bit rubbish at the end, so I've never seen it. I was actually going to say Lost. I've never yeah. seen it, but I've heard that it's a terrible show. Yeah, I hear it's terrible. real good up front, real bad at the end, so I was like, ah, I'm yeah. glad I didn't waste my time on it then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I, just, I just don't have the time. I'm with you. I'm 100%. Yeah. Ooh, we should yeah. just call I think it. The, I think the technology could be a bit more tricky on that one. So, what did you say, Michelle? Quiet. I said the title of the app should be called Spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's very pleased with herself. I know. Everyone's like, boo, boo, boo. It's like those, those ones with the murder. You know, if it's going to be really rubbish when they reveal who the murderer is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, what? Oh, I, all those red herrings. Why bother? Right. I, I mean, and part of the app should be like the so the app would track uh, showrunners, writers, directors, and like assess their work as a whole because there's going to yeah. be some people with like their their work tends to be uh, like really good first season, mm-hmm. even better second season. If they get a third season, it's going to be trash. Or it's like they can tell a story in six episodes, but not in ten. Or whatever. So yeah, it would it would like make predictions based on past uh, performance levels. Exactly. Yeah. So it would like give, especially if it's a brand new show, then it mm-hmm. can kind of and like the predictions will get better as like ratings or like mm-hmm. little, like Twitter buzz or you know I other like social that. media. I like that. The apps that we're talking about are very invasive. You <laughs> <laughs> got that big brother data. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The cameras are set up in your house. The camera feed you into the app yeah. and then tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> what you're saying is, is they're like apps. Yeah. All modern apps. They're yes. just like them. Yeah. Yes. Because you could okay. apply the one that's going, you could actually apply to the TV show prediction one. You can kind of do a combined, <laughs> combined the thumbs down app. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is good. Just so well, did you have an app? I, you know, I'm really good at coming up with questions and not having answers for them. I totally um, failed as well. <laughs> so you need answer app. 
the I creative do. pool app that supplies answers to good questions. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Also, too, it can be okay. So I just got excited <laughs> about this. Give you the answers, right? It give you the answers. But what if somebody come up to you and be like, "Hey, ma, you looking real fine today?" It could get you the ones that say like a flirty response or like, a, "No, I'm not into this." Oh, so you, you could have like, options. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, because I'm because I'm real smooth. I'd be like, wait, hold on, hold on a sec, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, let me, let me. I, I just, I just something really interesting on my. Hold on, on my phone. I, I would not, I would not do that well because I'd be like, can I? I can't read with that my glasses. I can't see that. There's a glare. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm fine. You got three single gals on this call right now. <laughs> We're in <laughs> this time out. I'm going to be real. There was this book some person gave to me, not going to name who. And it's supposed to help you in the dating market written by a man. And as you're reading it, you're like, this is very misogynistic. They're like, don't be a clingy woman. Don't <laughs> and this is supposed to help me how? And then the person <laughs> gave it to me. I'm like, why they gave me this book? What are they trying to say? <laughs> like, ugh, that book is trash. You know, yeah. I I had um not gonna lie, my stepsister who's wonderful, um was like found a book that she was reading and she's like, I think you should read this too. And it's about being a certain type of woman. Um, is the book that you're talking about, is the cover blue and is there a man's face on it? There, okay, this is hilarious. There's a man on it and he's like adjusting his tie. I'll just tell you the title because it sounds so sad. The title is called How to Keep a Man or something ridiculous or How I Got the Guy, something like that. This is a children of bone by an author. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure both of no, those titles wait, exist. Wait. Michelle's looking it up. Also, uh, too, like I did the research on this. Most men write those books. Like, there's not a lot of women telling women how to do this. It's always men telling women how to do this, or men telling men how to get women, or men telling women how to keep a man. <laughs> just men telling people things. So, so the book, the book, and not just not just the book, but also the workbook that my stepsister wanted to give me was entitled um, Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. <laughs> so I, I think I've heard good reviews, but I'm, I also, what, are you working, it's fine. You know, there's no judgment here. If, you, if you're a listener, I, I you like the, do that. I love, that, I love <laughs> that that sounds kind of academic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're doing a course, and that's like one of the texts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
So the book you're talking about oh. is by our pastor, <laughs> Mike. Oh. Yeah, he's in, he's in Tulsa. He's in Tulsa, woot, woot. And the book that I was talking about just for everyone is Get the Guy, Learn Secrets of the Male Mind. Oh. Oh. It's, oh, did wow. you know, oh. that your mind is are full of secrets? Hey, Bobby. Did you know, Bobby. You know, they're on to us. Yeah, they're on to us. Nails. <laughs> oh my gosh, these books are so bad. Crack you like an egg. <laughs> What's so funny is my male mind, when I was younger, I had to go and get a book about how to split up with somebody. Oh! <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, am I going to yeah, do this? They're not horrible. They're really nice. It's just not going anywhere. I had to get a book. And I can remember going to the shop and there's like a whole shelf of books, like you're saying. They're all in there. And the, and the, the ones about splitting up are also next to the ones about getting up with people in a kind of one, you know, one subject spectrum. And you're, and you're going, oh, I'm not ready for those yet. <laughs> well, and I followed the advice and it was very good. <laughs> This is amazing. Oh, <laughs> I I feel like I need to like offer a public apology. See, this is I I'm wonderfully awkward. Listen to me, laugh at me whenever I'm awkward. I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend your pastor. So oh, oh no, 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 no 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 we're not no 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 no. Uh, okay how, how to how to say this? Um we. <laughs> This is okay. Oh boy. Okay, so one time is this what we're talking? Okay, I was just gonna do like an overview of like how a lot of churches handle adult single people, which is right. like, oh very yeah they don't they don't they don't yeah. they don't it's bad they'd be like let's group all y'all together y'all supposed to be married but you're not so we'll group you in this group over here and go bowling yeah. <laughs> try, to, try to hook up with each other but you know yeah in a Christian way in a Christian way don't yeah. touch your butts. <laughs> Go. Don't touch each other's butts. Go bowling. Because they stick your fingers in those holes. The problem is, because church be like, we know what to do with the kids, and we know what to do with married people. All the other people in between, nah, we don't know. Just get in the group. So, 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 you know that I grew up in a, my dad's a minister. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he's a theologian. <laughs> And if I had, we didn't have a row of books like that in our house. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep your fingers in the bowling ball. That wasn't in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe that would be a very top-selling book. You should write it. Yeah, <laughs> gladly. You know what? Easy. Screw apps. I'm writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm going to piggyback off on that. Look for Laurel and Michelle's book. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, single gal. I know when to hitch my truck or whatever the saying is to a to a shooting star. I don't know what it's called. Okay. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That is yeah. Incredible. So that's, yeah, that's the overview. Is that you know most books on like how to be in a relationship are written by people who have been in relationships for a long time and have learned some tips and tricks. It's not, they've forgotten what it's like to not be in a relationship and or they got in a relationship before dating apps. And yeah. so they're like, why can't you just go to the supermarket and find you somebody who looks yeah. lost? <laughs> You're like, no one talks to anybody. <laughs> no one looks at you. We have our headphones in. We're there to buy food. 
<laughs> super successful, and that person has not dated anybody, has kissed, I kissed dating goodbye, and that author... Don't get me on that. Everything he wrote. So, but that was a super popular book for a while. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, all, he, then he had to offer, like, write a retraction. Yeah, all a whole generation of people not dating. Now nobody know how to talk to nobody of the opposite sex. <laughs> you... Like people? I like people. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, these are for bowling balls. These are for chicks. The Lord. Not for you. There's a there's a dance that I sometimes show people when I'm at a, like an event. We're having this conversation. And when I was younger, so this is like pre-dating apps, pre-everything. One of the things that you, I, I tell young people this because they don't know what it is, is that one of the dating techniques when I was younger was that you'd be like a, um, like a, a school disco or a nightclub. And then right at the end of the night, they'd have the slowy section mm-hmm. and everyone would do the slowy that they hadn't done for the whole of the, pre- the, the whole of the previous bit of the dance was all normal pop music. And then they'd all do the slowy dance, which is, you know, the one where you sort of mm-hmm. just kind of stand next to each other and sort of slowly go around. And then depending on your ineptitude, you would kind of, you know, either you would or you wouldn't. And that and that was the dating technique. And then I was explaining this to a friend of mine who's from Ireland. And she said that in Ireland they did the same thing, but there'd always be a priest at the dance. And so they all did the same dance, but with their arms at arm's length to ensure that it was the same slowy, but they were all going around like this. So that there was no body contact, <laughs> but that and that was all you had. That was it. And then the lights would go on, like the, the and the fluorescent strip light would do all. And you'd always stood there, and this and it would be the end because it was always like the last three tracks of the night. Mm-hmm. And then and yeah, tragically that trend has disappeared. <laughs> wow. You got any tips for us? <laughs> uh, say, say it one more time. I said, Crystal, you got any tips for us? I'm just amazed about the dating scene. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> no, um, do what you do. Like, I'm with you. Like, whatever you, tips, tips. Be kind. Mm-hmm. Treat everybody like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Overlook some people, but be their friend. Long as you know, it's always good to know something about somebody. It's always good to know, okay? And they don't know you know, but then you just treat them good. <laughs> yeah, because in the end, you're going to be the one with the reward in the end. Mm, yeah. Okay. I've learned that. I've learned that. Because yeah. I've had a lot of that, you know, in my life. And when I've learned when I learned how to do stuff right and go like, oh, it's fine. But when a person show you who they are the first time, mm. you better believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you walk two, two, two steps away and go, they're not really like that. Oh yes, they are. And you'll know, you'll know like something will happen and you'll be like, that's not the first time 
and they did it, but you never thought about it. But that one time you get that epiphany and you go, that's when that saying comes in, when you, somebody show you who they are the first time. And then you think about, man, I've seen that a while back. That was them all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I like that. Yeah. Think about it. And you still treat them, you know, but then you handle them with a kid glove without yep. them knowing it. Yeah. I learned, I've learned that. I'm like, ah, okay. How you doing? Do what I'm Oh, good to see you too. Listen, the funny part about it is when you see them. And after you make this, when you make the face, like you go in your dressing room or in your living room or whatever, and after you leave them, you go, mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the funny part. It'd be like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, that's good. I've learned that. And even more this year or the past four, four or five years, the older I get, it is true. You get more wisdom as you get older. You really do. Because there's a lot of things that people showed me who they really was, and I ain't digging it till now. Mm -hmm. Because I kept ignoring it, thinking the person will change when that's really them anyway. And mm -hmm. we get used to them being like that. So when we get treated funny, it shouldn't be a surprise to us. Because, man, that happened before. Mm-hmm. And it happened before, before, before. Oh, so that's who they are. Mm -hmm. It's best to receive it late than to receive it, not to receive it at all. It's best for you to find out now than not to know at all. And you went through your whole life not knowing. Mm -hmm. And trust and believe each one of us on here have experienced that. Yeah. When you think what. about it, you know, yeah. When you think about you, you're like, wow. And you could have known that person for 25 years mm -hmm. and never realized it. And when it hit you, that's, when, that's what you call growth. <laughs> yes. That's what you call growth. When you can recognize that, okay? And you ain't got to say nothing, but you got the, the vision of it, mm -hmm. okay? And they might even don't, don't know you got the vision of it. Mm -hmm. That's growth. So it's like, ah, that's what a wise person does. That's what you call wisdom. You use that for your next time around when you <coughs> see them again. Greet that. Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You want to go with me? Oh, no, honey. I got to go over here. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do that. Yeah, that's how you do that. You yeah. know? Because you don't need to get caught up in that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you notice, we repeat, we be repeating stuff, and, and and we can forgive people and everything. That's fine. But like I said, once you know who they are, 
you know how to play your cards with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm good from this face here. I'm good. <laughs> 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 thank y'all so much for being a part of this this is so yes, much fun this was fun i enjoyed it i really did it means so much to us that all of you could take part and we're and yeah it just it's been so great okay dun, 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 where the music at should be ending out dun, 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 dun. oh let me share something with you <laughs> Yeah. Okay. This was when uh, we was at the, in New York at the Harlem Swing Side, the night of the Satchmo Awards. Okay. And it's uh, been like, oh, your moment with Norma or whatever. Well, the funniest thing, it was me, Norma Miller, Darlene, and Norma's crew that came with her to the, uh, the ballroom, the a la ombre. So, we were the last ones to leave the ballroom. So we all get on the elevator together. So Dolly starts singing. Then Norma went. Then everybody on the elevator. We going down on the elevator swinging. And at the end of it, I said, oh, yeah. And everybody bust out in the elevator. <laughs> now, the guy who was with us, who was with Norma, he put it on Instagram. I thought he had put it on Facebook because I would have loved everybody to see us in that elevator that night. Okay, that was fun. That was one of my good moments. That was fun. That I want to share that. That's awesome. See how you still start remembering stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. and that was what? Uh, the Satchmo Awards, that was what, three, four years ago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That was fun. That that was, yeah, that, that was cool. I, I really, yeah, Darlene, <laughs> my my dance sister, yeah. She was. She just started singing, and everybody in the elevator was just swinging. We just singing, and, 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 and at the end of the song, I went, oh, yeah, like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, that that was that was one of my highlights. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So, um, thanks for the memories. I love you all. God bless you. I'll see you again. Yeah. So goodbye, my friends. <laughs>